When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. I've been away for a bit. I've been seeing family and stuff. Probably not appropriate for me to say what I was seeing them about. Anyway, back to Proving Grounds 5. The Silver Crest. So now, we're going to the temple where Maraxar is plotting to take over the world. Pretty much, or at least a great big chunk of it, and presumably from there move on to the west of it. Because, I mean, but conquerings apparently, if, if the behaviour of Genghis Khan and Napoleon and anything to go by, conquering stuff is addictive. You know, once you, you just can't, you can't just, you can't just have one. You can't just have one conquer one country. They're like, bring it, you go have another, and then another, and another. And then you invade Russia, and everybody dies. Or, yeah, get sick and die. Those are pretty much the two options. <laughs> uh, this scenario is called The Master of Shadow. Okay, it's been a while, while since previous time, so I'll read the recap. A recap of how the previous scenario ended. Together with Wundle and Helene, you start up the steep forest track. You're every sense alert for the first sign of possible danger. The short but arduous ascent, you find yourself the edge of a steep ravine bottom of which since the overgrown ruins of a once glorious temple. The temple, which was obviously a massive structure before it fell into decay, is now little more than a sh- sh- scattering of crumbled walls and heaps of stone. Out of the midst of ruins there rises a massive granite dome, granite dome which appears to be the only piece of the structure still intact. Woodall tells you the dome caps Caps an underground chamber which believes Baraxa and his minions lie in wait. For several minutes, the three of you stare down at the ruins, but nothing stirs at the bottom of the ravine around the remains of the temple. What began in terrific likely ends here, says Wendell, though his voice betrays neither optimism nor uncertainty. The three of us together, are we all ready? Lane sighs and nods. You also nod in agreement. 
the end it's just the lair of any other beast, says Windle, as he checks over his equipment, his eyes still focused on the ruined temple far below. If this is to be it, so I am content to let it be. Quite what he has said, who since Windle is not at ease with the prospect of facing what might lie in wait within the temple. Certainly, faint, faint, faintly, a muffled, distant voice echoes through, through your head but quickly fades. The startled looks on the faces of your two companions reveal they too have heard it. You did not make out what was said. The voice was hurried and frantic. It's a foot, says Windle, shaking his head. Let's go. As you fall into line behind Windle and Helene and begin the descent, dis, steep descent into a ravine, you warily drop your gaze onto the ruins below. You can't seem to shake the nagging, eerie feeling that, that, that for the three of you, the shattered temple may well become the very site of your graves. And now, the adventure continues. Your descent into Ravine proceeds along the back of a steep and treacherous stony track, flanked on either side by thick tufts of undergrowth and several massive boulders. Wundu is silent as he steps cautiously along the trail. But the expression on his face, though not exaggerated, betrays his unease and his growing sense of urgency. Elaine says nothing. Jews does not appear apprehensive about the task of sense. Down and again she stops, closes her eyes and mutters a few words before resuming the cautious descent. You cannot, te- you cannot tell if she is praying or perhaps, perhaps sweet speaking with the shadows. Realising you are closer than ever to seeing an end to this long, mysterious and perilous chain of events. Do your best to remain vigilant and find yourself continually glancing back over your shoulder as if any moment you expect to find Maraxa herself slinking along the stony path behind you. Your mind starts to wander and you moves over the odd fact what began as a trip across town with Prithen to gather provisions has ultimately led to a likely confrontation the last and greatest of the Shadow Dragons at a ruined temple now looms ever closer as you near the midway point along the track. A sharp warning whispered by Windle startles you back to the present. He, mo- he motions ahead with his right hand and, and you step forward to see what has brought the descent to a sudden halt. About 50 yards ahead, standing in the middle of the stony track, with their backs turned to you, are three massive black armoured ogres. Immediately recognise these creatures to be the one-eyed and particularly powerful variety of ogre you previously encountered in the cellar of the Candle Glow Inn. Twenty yards past the ogres stands the tall stone arch that leads into the temple courtyard, the base of the steep track. The old beast's favourite minions, frowns Windle. Exhibits little desire, desire to want to tangle with the dangerous creatures. But why are there only three? Certainly you must expect us. He wants us to reach the temple, mutters Elaine. He could have greeted us with an army. Wendell nods. This may easily prove to be a 
regrettable decision, he says. Yet there is no choice left to us. If we step into this dragon's snare, we must do so of our own will. There can be no doubt that all of this must end here, says we, as close as we can without being discovered. And at the very least, remove these three obstacles. Let's see. Now, the thing is, I, if I had high enough levels in them, I could use telekinesis, archery, elementalism, necromancy, or shadow magic. But they all need to be at level 70 plus. So, nope. Can't, can't use them. So I can attack the ogres, or I could have the ogres move up to me. I'll just attack them. The three of you creep along the steep track until you're within only a dozen yards of the three ogres. Then you split up, each single out an ogre and moving stealthily towards your chosen target, hoping to gain the element of surprise and what will likely prove to on what will likely prove to be a most formidable foe. Picking a number. Bonus of seventy nine. Seventeen from agility, ten from luck. 17 from Thievery, and 35 from Woodmanship. Pick now. 130. You steal up behind the ogre you've targeted and deal the unsuspected creature a staggering blow. The one-eyed beast wars in agony as it spins round, swiping at you with its iron-hafted axe. You now fight a massive one-eyed ogre, but fortunately... It's surprised and a bit wounded. Massive ogre strikes at you with his axe, and the enemy smashes through your defences with the devastating blow for 26 damage. And I keep fighting it, fighting it some more, a bit more fighting, and down he goes. 39 XP. Then I do a bit of healing. I'll just put my. Shimmery saw back on. You turn back from the bloody corpse of the one-eyed ogre and turn to find that both Windor and Helene have also slain their monstrous foes. A rather insignificant show of force echoes Windor in your mind. Helene, who's obviously heard, and just as well nods at agreement, either toys with us or tests us. Have patience for neither. The two companions move up to join you on track with hardly a word. The three of you continue descent towards the tall arch that leads into the temple courtyard. After only a few minutes, you reach the base of the steep track and find yourself standing before the arch. The three of you pass beneath the crumbling stone arch and step into the once grand courtyard of the temple. Two massive stone pillars that once supported a thick timbered roof lying large pieces across the breadth of the overgrown expanse. At the, uh, the centre of which stands a moss-covered monument erected long ago in honour of Swithak. You're all somewhat surprised the monument has been left standing. Windor places his, his white foot on a piece of one of the fallen pillars, leans on a bent knee with both hands as he carefully surveys the area. Your eyes also scowl at the surroundings, but you can see no sign of anything in or about the courtyard. Both telepathically and vocally, Windor boldly calls upon Moraxa to show himself. 
We at the threshold of your lair. We at the threshold of your lair demand to see he who sulks in the shadows as a lowly coward. His voice echoes in your mind and through the deserted courtyard. Immediately, in response to his bold demand, a thin shadow slivers onto the east wall of the courtyard and whipples as it rapidly broadens, swiftly transforming into a dark shape that sends your pulse racing. It's the black silhouette of a large, horned dragon. The jaws of the dragon stretch wide, and out of its cavernous maw merges the silhouettes of six armoured skeletons. The shadow skeletons march in formation along the wall, before turning and stepping away from the ancient stone. And as, as their dark shapes leave the wall, the six skeletal warriors take take physical form and march swiftly towards you, the clank of their ancient armour filling the courtyard. The dragon's shadow slips off the wall and disappears. Behold! The Order of Andromar! echoes the sinister voice of Maxu in your mind. The living and dead are now at my command, Lewin, dear. All the heroes of the ages now hasten to do my bidding. Is it not grand to know that in death you still have an illustrious role to play? Right, oh, there's a link to the Order of Admar. I think I'll read that out. This is the name given to six heroes who... Many centuries ago, earned their place in history by uniting under the great warrior Aldemar to vanquish and defend the defenceless and protect the realm of man. The many heroic deeds of the Order of Aldemar remain, remain amongst the most popular fireside tales across all of the North Broadlands. I don't, I don't think we should put this in the tales. It's just. Just, too, just a sad end, really. Don't want to hear that. Your mind races as you recount the legend of the Order of Adjumar. Difficult to fathom that the six heroes, those lives were spent vanquishing evil, are now moving upon the three of you with murderous intent, serving in death the very sort of wickedness and cruelty they stoically strove against in life. Oh dear. As the six skeletal heroes draw to within melee range, you're surprised when they suddenly turn their attention to Wundor and Helene, ignoring you altogether. Without second thought, you bravely leap in front of two of the fleshless undead, forcing them to engage you. Alright, and I will fight them now. Um, the closest of the two skeletons before you tip steps forward, his fleshless fingers tightly gripping the hilt of his shimmering longsword, a weapon he brandishes with a master skill. With little doubt, you now face the legendary swordsman, Nal Solan, a man whose famous and heroic deeds in life seems far removed from the rotting horror now closing in to engage you. Narsalan hisses loudly as he strides up and attacks. We engage the swordsman, Larsalan. The long-dead swordsman 
Arsalan slashes you with a shimmering blade. Now, I've got a shimmering weapon too, so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna go go back to the halls of the Allflower. Yep. Seventy-one XP. The undead swordsman staggers and drops to the ground, becoming little more than a heap of shattered bones at your feet. His cohort, one of the most feared axe wielder of his day, steps forward, hissing viciously as he swipes at you with his fearsome, broad-bladed cleaver. You have no doubt that the broad-shouldered, though fleshless warrior now engaging you is none other than Axe, Axe Master Ewick. One of the Order of Aldemar's most skilled combatants. Alright, now I've got to send Assmaster Yurik, who just laid a particularly brutal stroke for twelve damage, back to heaven or whatever. The long dead boy Yurik hacks at you with his broad-bladed axe. I'm very sorry about this, but you know, uh, I'm not going to let you do bad things. You've slain your foe. 72 XP. Axe Master Yurik collapses into a pile of bone at your feet. You watch with grim fascination as both his remains and those of your son melt into a pool of shadow that promptly slivers far away to a corner, to a far corner of the courtyard. Mundor and Elaine, having finished off the other four undead members of the Order of Artemar, quickly rejoin you in the centre of the courtyard. Mundor has suffered only a few minor cuts in the melee, but Elaine has been somewhat somewhat seriously wounded. Don't mind her. Don't mind me, she says curtly, as Mundor makes the attempt to heal her. Save your strength. I'm wise enough. Both te- telepathically and vocally, Wendor again calls on Moraxa to show himself. Almost immediately, a crackle of energy fills the courtyard. Or oh, what's coming up? Some sort of portal to Doom World? The three of you glance around the courtyard, desperately attempting to determine the source of the crackling energy. The unnerving sound echoes off the crumbling walls that surround you, making it difficult to pinpoint its origin. Perhaps you would care to meet the new face of my tower, echoes the sinister voice of the shadow dragon in your mind. He, who will carry forth my banner, the head of my army, and so you shall. The crackling voice fades as the swirling black portal opens only ten yards from where you stand. When you issue a stern warning, you take Several steps back in the vortex and draw yourself into a combat-ready formation. Eager but fearful, the three of you wait with bated breath and pounding hearts to see what new menace will emerge from the silent blackness of the Neverwill Gate. A thin shadow slips out of the portal and hovers in mid-air only ten yards from you. The shadow weaves about for several moments, seems to be fading from view suddenly surges forward and passes directly through you. Thousands of whispers fill your head in the wake of this insidious attack. 
your mind swims as a thousand thoughts and emotions suddenly well up from the depth of your consciousness, collide to create a maddening din. Feel that bits of wheezing ebbing away. You come to a horrifying realisation. Raxa is now controlling your very thoughts. The old knight is no longer of any use whispers the sinister voice of the shadow dragon amidst the tempest of your thoughts. Kill him! As you struggle to maintain control of your thoughts, another voice, shrill and terrifying, more seraphite, more sinister nightmares than even Natamaraxa, slips into the storm now, raising your head. The voice howls wildly, but you cannot decipher. What you can only assume are the words of a demon. A sudden and undeniable urge to slay your companions takes hold of you. Okay, this 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 is really bad. Oh, there's some sort of will check coming up. Window Helen with caution towards you, their eyes intently studying your every move. Yes, the. The shrill, terrifying howl stabbing through your skull grows in intensity. You think of nothing other than killing both Wundell and Helene. Max's voice breaks into the din, and the great dragon repeats his wicked command. His command you now have every intention of obeying. Zoop! Can, can you? Wundell's face. Voice fades beneath the shrill, rising howl that echoes through your mind. Shouting your thoughts and quickly dissolving your last remnants of reason. The man and woman standing before you are no longer your friends and companions. They are sworn enemies. They are bloodthirsty foes who seek only your ruin and destruction. They are enemies who have been commanded to kill. They are meddlers in a game they cannot help to comprehend. And they are at the end of their time. Obviously, sensing the dramatic and dangerous change that has come over you, both Helene and Wondell step back, each stretching out a sprayed hand in your direction. Wade swells up from within at the sight of the two humans preparing to summon magic against you. The anger swiftly courses through every fibre of your being, leaving room for nothing else. Kill them! This is the voice of Moraxo in your head. They are no match for you. Ooh, a fateful decision. Inexplicably, you fear your destiny may in some way be time. Linked to the choice you are about to make. So, I can, at I can attack Rundle, or I can attack Helene. No, I can't possibly conceive of any other option at this point. Maraxa commands I kill. Thus I must. I mean, he's so big and powerful and mighty and big and black and dragony. And has a deep, sexy voice. Yes, I cannot disobey Maraxa. I must attack either Windle or Helene. Hmm. Now, I shall attack 
Windle as Windle is the greater threat to Moraxa. You leap forward and strike Windle a staggering blow. Catches him off guard and sends him sprawling to the ground. Elaine cries out in alarm and rushes to interfere. What happens next? What surprises and horrifies you? A violent surge of energy ripples along the length of your white arm, forcing it to extend in the direction of Elaine. A split second later, a wide arc of blue lightning erupts from the tips of your fingers and strikes charging companion squarely in the chest, sending her toppling backwards over the uneven stones of the courtyard path. Finish Lunder before he finishes you! Seeks, shrieks the voice of Morax in your mind. At last, an end to Lunder. Finish him now! Windows slowly regains his feet and assumes a combat-ready stance as he prepares for a fight for his very life. Without a second thought, you rush at him, seeking only to obey the shrill voice now guiding your hand, and to sate the murderous rage now coursing through every fibre of your being. I fight Wundle, and he must die! strikes at you with his blade. Keep striking... I keep swinging. Sorry, Wendell. No, no, I'm not sorry at all. You're, you're evil and you must die. You're staying off for 39 XP. Wendell's chilling death cry echoes off the crumbling wall of the courtyard as the master warrior stumps to the ground at your feet. His, mind, his eyes flicker briefly as he gasps a final ragged breath before expiring. For only a second your mind clears and the horror and gravity of what you've just done overwhelms you. For that fleeting moment where he's coursing through you subsides replaced by a deep and profound sadness. Chorus of whispers suddenly echoes through your head cruelly casting your mind back to the enraged chaos that spawned the deadly attack on your companion. As your head swims and you struggle to regain control of your force, a sharp blow to the back of your skull drives you to your knees and doubles your vision. A, se a, a second blow turns everything black. Okay, who gave that blow? I mean, I think Helene's out. Windows. Well, you, you just said what happened to Wendell. Hmm. This trail broke free and decided to stop me, perhaps? Hmm, maybe. I mean, it takes a lot of time to put on that much mind control. Uh, I mean, Newell did say he would help. Maybe... Maybe him? Or it could be some sort of plan of Moraxa, you know, to put me put me in some safe place to just pile on more and more mind control, you know, so I don't slip, so I don't slip out of his grasp at some point. And 
also wear this none of those eye shards around to mess things up. Surprised, surprised I didn't even try to use them. Guess I didn't give them enough time. Alright, this scenario finishes with 384 experience to general. Alright, this this is really really bad now. Because I've just gone to the dark side. Thoroughly and completely. I uh, I work for the dragon now. Oh, it's not permanent, because that doesn't look like a fun thing to do. Yes. Yes, I work. I work for Moraxa. That, that is my purpose now. Now, to do the next scenario, the Lair of Shadow, where I shall begin my existence as a minion of Moraxa. And, you know, listen on his plans, the world conquest, and laughing maniacally, and mind-controlling people. And having mind control people kill other mind control people just for kicks. Begin the scenario. Alright, that's the recap, but you've just heard that. Now the adventure continues. Your eyes spring open, and almost immediately you are aware of the manacles that bind your hands and feet to a heavy chain that extends from the cold wall behind you. Pale yellow light illuminates the long, broad corridor at the end of which you are chained. As you stare down at the grey, plain grey robe you're wearing, you come to a horrifying realization: all your equipment is gone, all of it, and not just my equipment, my items too. So now my stats are absolutely. Minuscule, 70 MR, 48 SP, and 15 MV. I'm puny now. Suddenly, the thought of Windows Graph turns to you. But a brief moment of overpowering grief is quickly replaced by an overwhelming rage and cruel pride. Only destroyed by the fact he did not also kill Helene. You just began to attempt to examine the manacles that blind your hands and feet to the heavy chain when a patch of gloom moves away from the wall and comes to rest on the floor before you. The pool of shadow at your feet begins to whipple. Two thin arms of shadow extend out of the weaving pool of gloom at your feet. Pass over the mandicles that, that bind your hands and feet. As the shadows retreat, your bonds open and drop to the floor. Free from the chains, but extremely weak. You lead up against the walls, against the wall and close your eyes. A stabbing pain suddenly tears into your mind. Sighted fingers probe the edge of your psyche. The pain rapidly subsides. And you are left da dazed and drained. Sumped down against the wall. A brief moment of clarity follows the episode. During these fleeting sections, you've come to a horrific realization 
were still firmly under the mind control of Maraxa. Horror gives way to unfettered ways, and your own thoughts give way to the overpowering desire to find your master and do his bidding. You swiftly regain your feet. You're standing at the southern edge of a broad corridor that stretches out of sight to the north. The manacles and every chain that once bound you to the wall are on the floor here. A pale yellow light dimly illuminates the surroundings. Okay, but who controlled those shadows? Was it the dragon? Probably not, because I presume believe the dragon chained me up here. Treok? Is Windle still alive somehow? Palang? Nearwith? Or are other shadows just taking their own initiative? The, minch, the musty stench that pervades these ancient halls assails your senses with every step that you take. A pale yellow light dimly illuminates the twisting corridors along which you silently pass. Okay. Hmm. So, there's a question mark coming up soon. What could it be? Okay, going to that place. A encounter along the corridor comes to an abrupt halt. You encounter a short, cloaked, hooded figure standing in the middle of the passage ahead. The figure casts off its hood and you find yourself to face to face. The sandy-haired lad met on the road to Tamanus, who was later revealed to be Newith himself. Suddenly, the young lad is gone. In his place stands the tall, gaunt master of shadow magic, his sunken face and pale skin suggestive of his extremely fragile state. You will not! Newith never finishes his spoken thought. With rage welling up within every fibre of your being, you leap forward and strike him a crippling blow as he feebly throws up his hands in defence. Your savage blows and sneer spilling to the floor. You step forward to pull him with your foot and confirm that he's indeed dead. At that moment, his body shimmers and disappears. The illusion has been dispelled. Oh, I hope that window was an illusion too. Zoop, turn to me! It's a voice from behind. Spin around to find, find yourself staring into the glowing heart of the Eye of Arganor, clutched tightly in the small hand of the sandy-haired lad. I strike out at the boy, attempting to knock the, knock the gem from his grasp, but he leaps nimbly back, back beyond the range of your blow and thrusts at the large, glittery emerald in your direction. Your master no more! He cries, his boyish tone now replaced by the rasping voice of Nereth. An intense green light explodes out of the eye and washes over you. Finally! A wave of emotion floods into your mind. For a moment it feels as if your head is about to explode. You sink to your knees and cry out in anguish as thoughts both savage and serene collide culminating in a deafening war that leaves you drained and breathless on the cold stone floor of the corridor. As quickly as it began, the storm that wages in your head subsides, 
and you find yourself helped to your feet by Neareth. The master of shadow maze eyes you cautiously for a moment, and then uh, smiles. Let there be at least this bit of light, and what is so far the blackest hour. I hope now lies with you, Zoop. In many ways, it always has. Neareth places the the eye on the floor and is pump and is promptly gathered up by the weaving shadows to a black into gloom. Room where it disappears from sight must be returned as your former master misses his newest treasure, he says. The dragon's bastard shadow magic is indeed great, though tempered by his insolence, believes that he's come to control the shadows, and while they give the appearance of serving his will, they know no master. To know remember this is to perhaps the greatest of all the secrets the, sh- the power shrouds. Those who believe they command the shadows are doomed to be commanded by them. Okay, I better remember that. A sudden and overwhelming sense of grief comes over you as your mind returns to horrible, horrible attempt, horrible events in the temple courtyard, whereby your own hand, Windle, met his death. As if he waited for us, and senses the sudden bout of anguish that assails you, near tells you to knees and fret over your companions. Windle, Helene, both live soup, he says. For how much longer? I cannot say. How they escape death with your hand, cruelly guarded by the great dragon, is unknown to me. But they are now in the claws of the beast, their spirits slowly being broken, and the formidable powers drained into pits of pit of black soul. It will soon be a foe that none can hope to contend with. While you're overjoyed to learn that Windle was spared from death in your hands in the temple courtyard, your elation is tempered by the knowledge your companions are now in the clutches of Moraxa. Let not such a grim spectre dash or hope, says Nereth, for all the armies of the known world would stand no better chance of the beasting, defeating the beast than you do here, alone in this corridor, at the very fresh, very threshold of his temple lair, now begins the most perilous part of this business. I told you, in speaking of the shadows, you discovered that your confiscated equipment lies not far from here. Maxa will undoubtedly learn if your defection before long, he says gravely, and you certainly need all you can bring to bear against the dragon's waff, which it ascends upon you. Horror that will move through these packages to effect your end, but in nothing you have ever known. You'd ask now if, if he knows the exact location of your missing equipment, he shakes his head in response. The shadows are strange here, he says, his voice trailing away, trailing his weakened says, I'm still able to speak with them, but I receive only tatters of the information I seek. I hope I shall see you again, says Neareth. A faint smile. Makes Bart creasing the gaunt, widget lines of his face. Waiting that, I hope and pray for your victory. 
for it must come at any cost. You ask Nuith what more he can tell you about the peril you're likely walking into, but he says there is little else that he can impart to you about the dangers that lie ahead. My power is all but gone, he says, as he begins to fade from view. I do not think I have the strength to return here, but it is of little consequence, for this fight is no longer mine. Your friends are stronger than you know, Zoom. They can not hope to hold out forever. You must make haste. You're about to speak when Nerith, now completely faded, now almost completely faded, waves his white hand and three objects appear at your feet. A faint chorus of shadows echoes through your head as the master of shadow magic vanishes. You reach down and pick up the three objects he has left for you. So it's an unmatched longsword, an unmatched scale breastplate, and an unmatched scale helm. I'll equip the two pieces of armor. Okay, now I have now I have quite now I have more health. And I'm going to equip the longsword. It might actually lower my armor. No, no, it wises it by two. Okay, I'll keep it equipped. Alright, I'm now in a, along the corridor. You slightly vow to do what you can. Here and now, even at the cost of your own life, to put an end to Morax's malevolent designs and rescue your companions. If indeed they are still alive. For beneath this shit, his deadly shadow. With both hope and doubt clouding your thoughts, you check over your meagre equipment and set off cautiously along the corridor. Okay, making my way north. Wait, what's this? The sound of heavy footfalls from ahead sends your pulse racing. No place to hide in the dimly lit passage. You steer yourself to face whatever is about to peer out of the gloom. But only moments later, a massive, black-armoured, one-eyed ogre stomps, and stomps into view. The hulking, snarling creature glares at you as it moves past, but needs no mood to impend or assault you. You suddenly realise the ogre must believe you to still be, you still to be in league with its master, calling and probing for your mind while you were chained to the wall only a few minutes ago. You can't hope but wonder what will happen if and when it's discovered we're no longer in league with the great dragon. Pushing the grim forth from your mind, you turn and watch the ogre as it continues along the corridor, before quickly setting off on your way. Okay. The sound of movement along the corridor ahead freezes you in your tracks. A pair of masked men, the same sort that you encounter in a Twithic, along the road to Talonus. Zip into view out of the gloom. The two men spot you and move swiftly in its direction. As two men approach, they second their pace and regard you with a quick nod. The pair then continues past and moves out of sight along the passage. Okay, so... So... So for now... I can wander these halls fairly openly, but I don't think that's going to last. Okay, I'm getting to the end. I'm. I just got to a T section with the ogre, going to the east side, reaching a corner. 
unpleasant sensation suddenly washes over as I see fingers put tear into your mind. You struggle to fend off a powerful mind probe that is prying into your psyche. It's got a bonus of 60. 20 from mind, 20 from aura, and 20 from spirit. So... Just updating the map with that. Now picking number. Alright, 66. It succeeded. 8, XP to general. It takes every last ounce of your mental fortitude to fend off the powerful blow of your psyche. And the effort leaves you feeling drained. Oh, well it's, it's masked men again. They're not. And a pleasant sensation suddenly washes over you as, ice, as icy fingers tear into your mind. You struggle to fend off the powerful mind probe that is prying into your psyche. 73 is the number. It was the same check as last time. 8 XP to general. Takes your every last ounce mental fortitude to fend off the powerful pro of your psyche and the effort leaves you feeling drained okay oh it's, it's more of those masked men I'm going to pause through a bit while I update the map okay I'm coming up to another question mark I think it's one of those mind probes once more you struggle to fend off the powerful mind probe that is prying into your psyche 117, succeed, 8xp. It takes every last ounce of your mental fortitude to fend off the powerful probe of your psyche. The effort leaves you feeling drained. Okay, then, there's enough. Okay, I'm sort of looping back round. Round to the northeasty corner now. Another my probe. Alright, yep, 8 XP for that one. Oh, it's a pair of masked men. The same sort you encountered in Trithic and on the road to Talonus. Step into view out of the gloom. The two men spot you and move swiftly in your direction. The two men approach, they slacken their pace and regard you with a quick nod. The pair, the pair then look, continues past and moves out of sight along the passage. Okay, another mind probe. Do all the mind probes, and there's one more. More masked men. Mind probe. Mind probe resisted. Eight XP. Two more masked men. Don't know why you have so many masked men. They're rubbish. Okay, I'm now just off. Just. In the centre of the passage, we're going to the south alcove. Pass centre, uh, there's a passage to the south, and there's something at the end of it. The corridor you've been following opens onto a small room, centre of which stands a group of three skeletons, the trio 
of undead are busy poring over a large pile of equipment heaped on the floor and seem oblivious to a sudden and stealthy arrival. Could it all, because it's all been mine. I mean, that would be a coincidence, but I gotta get a look. Launch an attack on the undead. You creep forward, preparing to close into within five yards of inspecting skeletons. As you prepare to launch an att a surprise attack and attempt to reclaim your items. Alright, pick a number. Bonus of 47, 17 from thievery, 20 from agility, and 10 from luck. Oh, I didn't catch them off guard. Only getting 48. The two armoured skeletons swiftly close in with you, hissing as they strike out at you in a frenzy with their deadly blades. It's two red-eyed skeletons. Good, good, thing that, good thing you didn't have these tough things here. They strike out at you with their swords, and they lay a brutal stroke for nine damage, but are nevertheless slain. 20 XP. The hooded skeleton, each of his fleshless hands gripping... An eight iron dagger steps through the shattered remains of his undead kid and hisses wildly. You manage to dodge his first two strikes from countering with your own attack. I fight a hooded skeleton and it stabs at you with both of his daggers and lays a brutal stroke for five damage. Another brutal stroke for eleven. And that's a lot, a lot of damage because most of my SP is gone. No, but it is slain. 20 XP. Hooded skeleton now little more than a pile of bones at your feet. You wash up and examine the pile of equipment. <sighs> there it is. Everything's back. Your thankful release go for all your missing equipment is is there. Wasting no time. You swiftly re-equip me. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Some dust got on it. You check over your reacquired ass. Items and note strangely that the items newer provided for you are gone. A quick search of, of the west of the womb reveals nothing of any interest. You're about to turn and leave when two black armoured, one eyed ogres suddenly stomp into the chamber. The the two the two ogres I you suspiciously, but move past you into room, seemingly content to pay you no further mind. With no desire to link here and arouse further suspicion, you swiftly make your way along the corridor. Okay. Just adding... Adding all the mine probe locations to the map. S. S for skeletons. Alright. Uh, now, now with all my equipment back, I'll just heal myself up. Oh, the mass men still haven't figured out anything's wrong. Even though I seem to be armed for war. Okay. 
Okay, now I'm not. Now I'm in the northern part. It's another question. There's another thing to the north. Oh, oh, there's some sort of gate, but it, there's some, something crushed. Something blocked my passage, but I could get through immediately. I guess I'd have seen what it is if. If I hadn't had my equipment, but I do have my equipment, so I don't say so it was it was passed before I could read it. Oh, well, because well, it wasn't technically there anymore. Okay. Window square, there's things at each corner. What could they be? Oh, it's, it's more of those probes. Alright, there resist. Masked men. More probes. More, more, yep, probes and masked men. Yep, bye bye. There's keys in the door for me to go there. Uh, yeah, and one last, last, last corner. Probe for eight XP. Okay. I think I might. I'm probably taking far too great a risk. Just walking up and walking into these probes and taking more probes than I need to. But yeah, I'm a completionist. Even if it endangers the fate of the world itself, apparently. Yeah. Okay, gonna update this on the map. Alright, making my way north of that square and something is turned up. The passage ends abruptly at the base of a set of wide stairs. Ascended in ornate, tall, tall ornate. End to an ornate arch. You're halfway up the short flight of steps, when a tall, ghoulish, blue-skinned figure passes beneath the arch, begins to descend the stairs. Four long yellow horns protrude from the top of the being's skull. Upon its back is folded a pair of leathery wings, leathery black wings. No doubt, the hideous creature making its way down to you on the set. On the, on the stairs is a demon hailing from some infernal realm deep in the neverness. The wing being turns and regards you with an icy stare. Continuing down and disappearing along the passage at the base of the steps. Alright, you stand at the threshold of a large stone chamber that dominates the temple. The large stone chamber. A flickering orange light emanates from the chamber. Now and again, you hear the faint cackle of crackle of energy from within. Step into the dome chamber. Or oh, I could head back south. Okay. Hmm. Just gonna keep updating. Okay, time to step into the dome chamber. You pass beneath the ornate arch, step cautiously into, cautiously into the cavernous dome chamber. 
tall orange flames reach out of the deep stone bowl set at regular intervals along the base of the walls, filling the chamber with harsh, flickering light. Strange shadows, driven by flames, dance wildly along the smooth stone walls. Quote, it's not the shadows to which your eyes are drawn, for across the shadow, across the chamber, stand two struggling figures, each encased in several bands of lightning. Your heart soars, as even at this considerable distance and in such dim light, you are, cl- you are able to clearly make out the faces of Wundor and Halane. Sudden movement just beyond your two companions sends your pulse racing. The deep gloom on the far side of the chamber, beyond the light cast by the fireballs, a long and wiving serpent-like shadow begins to take shape. You watch in horror as the shadow slowly transforms that of the great horned dragon. As the wall opposite you, a strong reptilian odour fills the air, and out of the dragon's shadow, Moraxa takes form in the flesh. Matter of moments, the shadow has disappeared, leaving in its wake the largest and most fear inspiring creature you have ever seen. The great shadow dragon, its ancient scales stronger than plate of steel, its strength greater than the largest of giants, lowers its horned head and closely examines the lightly encased bodies of its your captive companions. Suddenly, the bands of lightning that surround both Wundul and Lane disappear, and your two companions slump to the floor of the chamber, where they remain motionless. Everything you've seen seems to indicate Moraxa has finished draining of their power. What precious little time remains is fast running out. Your eyes are drawn to a faint greenish glow that stabs through the shadows in a far corner of the wide chamber. The Eye of Argonor. You don't really contemplate how you might reach the eye, or whether or not possessing it would somehow help to improve your lot. A sinister but familiar voice behind makes your blood run cold. Welcome back, friend! You turn to find Trelok standing in, in the entrance by which you entered the room. A wide look spreads across his face. As his head snaps to the hilt of his sword. Moraxa, whose eyes are now also fixed upon you, stretches wide his fearsome jaws and unleashes a deafening roar that shakes the dome chamber. For it seems the dome itself might come crashing down upon you. I can, I can but... Guess those meddling hams helped you get this far, mumbles the sinister, resonating voice of the shadow dragon as it draws up to its full, towering height. The tips of its horns nearly brushing the ceiling of the dome. I no longer have need for two living champions. Kill him, Trelloc, if you wish to retain your place. Kill him and present to me his head. As the master's nightmarish command echoes off the walls of the dome's chamber, Trelloc's face twists into a hideous sneer, and he draws his broad, glittering blade. Thin tines of blue lightning sprout from his mailed fist, 
trying about. His tightly clenched left hand racks up wars and beats his massive tail against the ancient stone floor, disturbing a thick layer of dust that rises into the air throughout the chamber. Your pulse racing, you square yourself with Trelock. Firmly plant your feet as you bravely prepare to engage the dragon's most fearsome minion for what appears to be the last time. Trelok mutters something and steps threateningly towards you as yet another of Morax's wars sends a violent tremor through the chamber. As you lower your gaze to meet the cold hard stare of your advancing foe, your heart nearly skips a beast. Beat! and the gnawing sense of despair that jobs your every step in these dark passages momentarily departs. In rapid succession, Trelock has twice blinked winked with his left eye. <gasps> He's just faking being mind-controlled. Two, and of course, Morax is too arrogant. To consider it wouldn't work. 768 experience to general. And that finishes this scenario. So that's enough of this for now. Next time. Next time we'll see what Trelock is planning. And finally fight the dragon himself. Until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.